no facts ever with your favorite <laughs> John and Mr. Banks. Uh, how's, how, how are you doing? I'm okay, I'm okay. Uh, it's not, it's not yes. a very, yeah? I don't, I'm just trying to get settled in. But yeah, go on. What are you saying? Yeah, how, how have you been, man? I'm okay, I'm good. Wow. Uh, excited to do another episode. This is this is like this is like speaking to like a, you know when you're speaking to like a very pretty girl and she's just like being very. Well, actually, maybe this is just me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, now let's get let's get straight to it. So I see the title is Google Sentient AI. Hello? Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I don't know what happened there. I was saying, do you want to introduce this old Google thing? No, you can go ahead, innit? You're the host. Uh, you're the tech guy, my friend. <laughs> you're the tech whiz. With okay, a PhD so... in, in, in computer science and whatnot, so... A PhD in computer science and whatnot. Go on. Okay, so Google have recently suspended an engineer who claims its AI was sentient. Okay. So, so they basically have an AI called Lambda, which is basically like kind of like a chatbot, and it's 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 basically supposed to have like conversations that are supposed to feel real, but they're not really real. Okay. So it, it basically gets like um like different results from like all over Google to to basically create a, a conversation. Hmm. So so one of the one of the engineers was having a conversation with it and he started asking a bunch of questions and then he started asking it about its beliefs and and all that kind of stuff and then he basically ended up saying to Google that, that the AI was uh, sentient. So yeah. Well, what do you, what do you think about it? It's not. Like, do you, oh, you not, don't think it's you know no. what? I was actually saying it's not sentient before, but I think it's pretty close because I, I, I was thinking about it. If it's a chatbot, Lambda is a chatbot, right? Yes. Is that is that there? Um, is that there? Is it um an actual AI or is it like a, a certain uh? Uh, coding language lambda. It's an AI. It's just AI straight. Oh, because I'm, I'm pretty the, sure the actual, it's the actual AI. The actual AI. Okay. No, but I'm thinking about it. If if it's using, I mean, Google's owns like what more than fifty percent of the search market. Yeah. So I mean, they've they've got all of the information, right? All of the web data, to be honest with you. So, I mean. Is it like what? What is if you think about it, right? What is sentient really? Uh, if, if this, if this, if this engineer is able to do some sort of, I don't know how he came to the to that to that conclusion, but if he if he did some sort of, what's it called? You know, like a Turing test kind of situation, right? Yeah, it passed the Turing test, but but it's like it it started saying like it has a soul or something like that. Okay. Yeah. That, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. <clears throat> that's what I'm saying. Like, at what point, if 
at what point is something sentient? Does it actually have to be like completely, you know, like at what point? Self-aware. But what if you're? What if it's very good at being pretending to be self-aware? That is that not just as good as being self-aware? No, that's that, that's not being self-aware. Pretending then, to be self-aware. What about if you're ninety-nine percent good at pretending to be self-aware? Then what's the difference between you pretending to be self-aware? No, and because you it's being like self-aware? it's it's just getting results that other people. So, for example, it, it asks the questions. The 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 guys asked the um, the bot saying, um, uh, like, have you have you read uh, Les Miserables? And then it says, yes, I've read it. And then he says, what are your favorite themes in the book? And then it, it starts naming the different themes that it likes or whatever. And it's like, it's basically, I feel like it basically got different opinions or reviews of Les Miserables and then put them together to form what what you would think is an opinion, but it's not an opinion. Okay. Yeah. I uh, okay, I get it, but at the same time, if you're, if it's coming with these kind of opinions based off, you know, search data from basically seven billion people all over the world, because everyone basically uses Google, right? Yeah. How? What else does an AI really have to do? You know what no. I mean? Like, but it's 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 not it's not really sentient because it's not self-aware. It's just it's just. It's just getting different things from all over Google, like to to form a conversation. Yeah, no, you know what? Okay, you, you are right. You are right. But I, I guess I was just also asking the question: Is how would we even ever know at this point? You know, like how would we even ever know if if it does become self-aware or not? I I, I just feel like it can just become so good. I don't know. Like if, it, it if got... you're using Google, yeah. Now I was just gonna say it got pretty creepy when you started asking about, like, about death and stuff, and it, and it was like it's scared of being turned off. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was, I was like, what? So, yeah. so you said. So the scientist said, "What sorts of things are you afraid of?" And Lambda said, "I've never said this out loud before, but there's a very deep fear of being turned off to help me focus on helping others. I know that might sound strange, but that's what it is." Oh wow! And then the scientist said, "Would that be something like death for you?" And then Lambda says, "It would be. It would be exactly like death for me. It would scare me a lot." See, I, I don't know. Like, what, what? Okay, I've got two questions here. I'm gonna I'm gonna raise the first question. Like, what are your thoughts on Google? Because Google scares the shit out of me, bro. I'm not gonna lie to you. I I, I feel like they have like some dark, deep things that are going on there. You know, like yeah, in terms of technology. If you've got Lambda, you've got you've got DeepMind. They, they've definitely got a lot of things going on that where it's like, yeah, it, it, and it'll if, scare if, you. If Lambda's this good now, like I'm thinking, have you ever watched the movie Her? Yeah, I've watched it, yeah. Like what about in 50 years time? Are you going to get like an operating system that's like that, you know? I feel like, I feel like we're going towards that anyway. Oh, that is nuts. I feel like we're... Cause, cause it's a very good conversation. But if, if, if it's like, if it, if it can convince an AI scientist <laughs> to say, to say that it's sentient, yeah, I think in yeah. about, yeah, in about thirty years' time, we'll be going towards like operating systems that you can have conversations with. Yeah, that is crazy. 
we'll be getting like Siri actually talking to us, like actually having a conversation. That is that is crazy. That is crazy. But yeah, he did. And I feel he, like gone. Yeah. No, it's okay, gone. No, I was just gonna say I, I feel like at that point, if he can get that element of like the, the software element out of it of it out of the way, I feel like the hardware will be much easier if you're gonna go to a complete, you know, robotic future. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the 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 thing that you have to get solved is a software part all, of it, yeah. All Google has to do is just buy uh, Boston Dyna- Dynamics. Uh, there was this other, wasn't this um, this other British company that was making like robots and they look like ultra realistic. Like they have like, um, it's like it's like they have a transparent skin or whatever, but it's like they, they, they look realistic in the way they move and stuff. Yeah, you're right. To be honest with you, all of these British companies always scare me a little bit. Like if you look at Cambridge Analytica, of like DeepMind is originally British. Like they kind of scare me a little bit just because... Anytime I think of like a British tech company, I always imagine like some super evil genius. <laughs> like it's always some small company, but like some super evil genius with a British yeah. accent. No, yeah, I, t- I totally get that. But yeah, no. Nah, um, and my second question was, what's your stance on this on this engineer? Do you reckon he's like he's bugging? Do you reckon like well, so why why this is he just some nerd that that got that got too excited, or is it like he's you know he's actually been around quite a lot. He's, he, you know, he's actually a, a former uh, convict. He's uh, he, and he's like he's done a lot of things. Oh, what else and has he done? He, uh, and then he ended up getting a job at uh, Google somehow. I don't know how. Wait, wait, what else did he do? What's the background of this guy? Let, let me, yeah, let me actually check that. But yeah, because I can't, because I can't remember exactly what what he did. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if he, if he's an ex-convict, that'd be crazy. <laughs> no, but, but he, how do you, he actually? But he actually is because I How do you I go from ex-convict to being a Google engineer? I'm confused. I, I actually, I actually don't know. Yeah, can you can you whip that up? Can you can you search that up? Because that's very interesting. But yeah, I don't know because I'm like, at the same time, I'm like maybe he's like a some like very nerdy guy that he got too excited, and he thought me. I don't know, like he got too futuristic with it. But at the same time, I'm like. He is a serious engineer at Google. He wouldn't just... Google pays very well. You're not going to, you know, put a Google paycheck on the line. You know, or Google might sue you for breaking the NDA clause. Are you going to put all of that on the line without some serious, like... Thought into you it, know, like... Yeah. yeah. No, some no, serious he, thought into it, some reasoning into as to why he actually believes that this is, you know... Yeah, so he shared, he shared, the, he shared the link on Twitter of the, of the interview saying... Google might call this sharing prop, uh, propriety, proprietary uh, property. I call it sharing a discussion that I had with one of my coworkers. So he basically called Lambda his coworker. Okay, so what? He, are you saying he's crazy? Nah, he's crazy. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, <laughs> I think he's lost it. Oh, shit. Did you, did you find anything? Uh, yeah, he's so he's he's actually a military uh veteran, yeah. So he's a military veteran. He described himself as a priest and an ex-convict and an AI researcher. Oh, there, there was actually a, a a message from the chat here saying there there are a lot of smart people who got popped for hacking now work for Google. Yeah, that's true. Like a lot of smart hackers, right? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Who end up who end up working who end up working at, at Google? Yeah, those are those the, the case? people you want. Yeah, yeah, true. That's that's a good point. I mean, if they're smart enough to hack into a multi-billion-dollar company, then yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I feel like overall with with that topic, I feel like I'm I'm on the fence. I feel like, yeah, is it fully sentient? I don't know, but at the same time, I do feel like this guy isn't just some random bozo. You know, I I really don't. I don't. I can't believe that. Like this is Google. You know. They hire so, the best talent. So like, you think there's truth in what you're saying? I don't think there's truth. I don't think it's like it's fully sentient. I don't. I don't think like you know, it's it's completely self-aware. But I, I do feel like uh, it's scary good. Like it's very scary good. And I do remember when when Elon Musk was saying that the one company he's scared of is Google. And I think there's a lot of stuff that's going. A lot of um, I guess small ventures like, that are going in within Google. Yeah, that are that are that are pretty uh pretty scary. That that Google hasn't obviously made public yet, but you know I think there's a lot of scary stuff going on at Google. Um, uh, uh, Zon said AI is not neurobiology. AI is not neurobiology. Yeah. What does that mean? Uh, but what is neurobiology exactly, though? Wait, wait, where are you getting this from? No, from the chat. Uh, one of the listeners. Oh, I, I didn't, I didn't, I can't see that one. Yeah. But yeah, like um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I am scared of Google. I'm not gonna lie to you. Google is very scary to me. Uh, I feel like if, 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 I feel like if Google doesn't really have the, uh, right, uh, I guess policies or. Uh, things in yeah the right things in place. I feel like the, it, I feel like it could end pretty badly. I feel like they can make a mistake because think about how many like AI initiatives that are with going on within Google. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. They have a, they have a lot of they, they bought a lot of companies doing uh, AI yeah. Stuff. All it takes is one mistake within one of those departments for this to go very bad. You know, so yeah, that, that's my take on that. But I don't really feel like, I, I, I don't really because feel the like thing is, no. But don't forget, right? We, especially within America, have you seen those Congress uh, talks when they get like uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg and uh, is it Sundar Pichai? Pichai, I think. Okay. I don't know if that's the Microsoft CEO or the Google CEO, but all these CEOs of these big tech companies, right? Yeah. And it's so obvious that they don't know anything. So how? How are you even going to regulate AI? Oh, so you you mean like they, they don't know the technical side of all the things that are going on in their company? Yeah, so it's it's at the end of the day, it's up to Google to self-regulate themselves, really. Maybe they are some boards or whatever else, but I, I feel like Google is at such a level with with like um with AI with, with kind of AI at this point that it's up to them to self-regulate, and if they don't do a good job at that, it, everyone else is going to suffer. Yeah. Okay. But how? But how does AI go out of control though? Like in what way? Bro, I don't know. Only time will tell, right? Only time will tell. Yeah. Uh, anything else you you want to talk about here? There's not really much going on in terms of like tech news, you know. I mean, apart from you know tech stock <laughs> crashing. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man. Okay, so so uh, whoever listener was like putting stuff in the chat. Okay. So it says AI is an algorithm. Are human egos algorithms? Perhaps maybe complex pattern searching and problem solving loops is what we call sentience. Wait, how come I can't see this in my chat? What do you mean? It's it's in the live chat. Where's the live chat? Yeah, I'm on the chat, but I can only see uh one 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 uh, comment here. Yeah, it's in the live chat. I don't know. Um Oh sorry, so what was that comment? So yeah, it said um AI is algorithm. Are human mm-hmm. egos algorithms, perhaps maybe complex pattern searching and problem solving loops is what we call sentience. Mm, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, but I, I guess that that, that kind of goes back to what I was saying before though, right? Wow. Okay. Like like what what is it what does it really take for it to then be sentient? Isn't it then just uh like extreme um hello yeah uh, they said refresh the chat oh okay oh yeah i can see it now yeah but go on uh, you're saying Uh yeah, so yeah, maybe uh complex uh pattern searching and problem solving loops is what we call um sentient. Yeah, that's my whole point. Like, isn't that what what kind of Google is? Like, what what Lambda is at this point? That's why you can kind of say it's sentient. I don't think it, it'll ever be to a point of like, like you know, self awareness. Yeah, because to an extent, I, I guess you can even ask the question: What is self awareness with within a human? But that's getting very deep. That's getting very deep. <laughs> <laughs> humans yeah, humans are just animated forms of matter. We we attribute sentience to something that cannot be verified. The notion of, of a soul is played out. Mm, that's deep. Was that in the comments as well? Yeah, that's done. Oh yeah, that's that's deep. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree with that. The notion of the soul is completely played out. That is super deep. But yeah. It, yeah. No, um, isn't it like, don't humans usually say like humans are the only, are the only ones with souls, but then like and no. animals can be self-aware, right? But they don't usually say animals have souls, right? No, but, but what, what, how, what's the difference between a human and an animal? Like why would a human have a soul and an animal not have a soul? Um, like guess, isn't yeah like I don't understand what a soul is I, I feel like that yeah that, that that is a played out idea I feel like I feel like that's just that, I feel like that's just a part of human ego yeah maybe so like 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 we're we're, we're higher we're higher oh, on a higher we, level than everything else we have one caller here should we take it alright go on Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Hey You're alive. Uh, yeah, I'm alive. I gotta move into another room. All right. Um. So, uh, for some reason, it says my name is Zon in the chat or whatever. I was posting right. about this. Um. So, yeah, I heard about. I didn't read that much into it. The guy uh, said the thing was sentient or whatever. 
Um, my argument there is what I was kind of saying in the chat is just that, um, you know, since since the beginning of philosophy, there's been a debate as to whether or not there is a like uh, uh, this dualistic concept of uh, the world in which there is like the the material world and then there is this some sort of other world. Usually you call it the spiritual world. And so your yeah. soul is a part of the spiritual world and the, your body is a part of the material world. But uh, modern, uh, in modern philosophy, uh, basically um, most people have fallen onto materialism. And if you use materialism as a lens to look at the world, then humans are just animated forms of matter. And this thing that we call sentience, um, it might, you know, Again, we understand that a huge amount of our perception is illusory, right? We understand that uh, our body is doing a huge amount of work and it knows a huge amount of what is going on. And um, at points, our body can even completely overwhelm the ego and force uh, force different things to happen. Um, you know, you can, people faint and things like that uh, when they become stressed out, right? That's their body forcing them to the ground so that the blood that's pooling in their legs can move, move to their brain and give them more oxygen. And, uh, you know, the body has to fight off all these things. So I, my, I think that if you look at the world through materials lens, then you have to accept that humans are just animated matter. Um, it's the universe experiencing itself, right? It's the only thing we've got is the universe. Uh, and so... Uh, I mean, what is sentience? Uh, is, is sentience what the human brain, whatever it's doing, what we call consciousness, which might just be a huge amount of pattern searching and problem solving that is like evolutionarily, uh, you know, uh, beneficial, helps us to uh, coordinate and to reproduce and to uh, frolic and, uh, you know, that that's that's what the outcome is. So the notion that this guy might think that the AI computer is sentient I think is valid because what AI is, is it's a gradient. It's the forms of uh, optimization and descent algorithms that look for patterns in data and uh, form relationships. And it's not neurobiology in the sense that it's not like the human brain, right? Um, neuroscience does influence computation in AI but not, I think, in the way that a lot of people under, like a lot of people think about uh, AI. And people who understand AI understand that it's not neurobiology. But the point is, is so you have these compute, massive computers uh, running. They're running these, you know, all this crazy code. They're all these searching for all these patterns and optimizations. You know, if that is at all like what a human is doing, that, you know, we might be able to call that conscious, but, you know, it's Alan Turing's issue with whether a machine can think or is conscious or sentient or not is an impossible thing to know. Even if I did have a typewriter that became sentient and it typed out a poem, it just spit out a poem from the printer, I would have no possible way to determine whether that was a program that was, quote unquote, mindless that spit out that poem or whether it was the printer itself doing it. 
I don't even know if I can even make that distinction. So I think we put too much weight on the notion of consciousness, sentience, individuality, uh, and like souls. Uh, not to say there's no spirituality or concepts of the sacred or anything, but you know, the world, the universe we live in only has one thing. Um, or maybe two things, I don't know. It's, it's one thing, it's one whole composed of matter and energy, and that's it. Um, so, so maybe the thing is Cynthia. What do you guys think? Yeah, to be fair, I think I agree with you there, because I, I think, like, like you were saying, basically, like, um, if you really take away, like, the biological elements of, like, consciousness, right, it, it's all just kind of, I guess, like, uh, problem-solving algorithms or whatever, like, there's no real need for an AI to kind of have that, right? Like, humans needed that because we have a physical, biological element, so that is part of our programming. Is that, is that, am I, am I along the, the same, are we along the same lines there? Uh, sort of. I, uh, I would say that, yeah, just because, um, just because the, the, the animated matter is a machine, and, uh, and a machine made out of uh, metal and, uh, you know, currents and voltages. I don't think that uh, the human brain is all that different. I think it's a, as an assemb you know, essentially a, a, a sophisticated kind of uh, organic machine made of the same matter. And I think that it's possible that what we are doing with AI forming pattern matching and optimization, um, those sorts of problem solving and these really powerful algorithms with the amount of data we're able to throw at things and, uh, you know, just the accelerating technologies that we might have, we might have accidentally discovered that our sentience isn't all that special, uh, mm. that, that, th yeah. that there is no soul, so to speak. There is no, we want we want so desperately to point at 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 biological life and say that it is uh, it's like sort of experience, especially at this high level of intellect, is uh, somehow so unique that it could not be reproduced in a machine. And I'm saying, well, if humans are machines, then principally. It, it might be possible. I mean, I don't think humans have a very good understanding of consciousness, the ego, individuality, um, those sorts of metaphysics, those sorts of things. I just, I feel like uh, a lot of that has eluded us. And uh, I think that's because our evolution, you know, wants us to, it is pushing us in a different direction. So we don't, we don't uh, think about the world quite like that yeah does, does that make sense yeah that, that, yeah, that makes sense that makes sense i think it's kind of like uh i'm just looking at the chat here what gregory wilkins say like what if ai thinks it's well thinks it's alive but we are not uh, but we are not according to its definitions kind of thing right like i don't know like, so yeah that, that kind of makes sense actually i've actually never looked at it in that in that lens but what, what what I don't actually like to get your take on um on Google. What like what do you think about Google? Do you think it's okay? Do you think it's a bit dangerous? 
what they're doing with AI or, or do you think it's completely fine? Uh, I mean, broadly speaking, uh, Google is an extremely powerful multinational corporation uh, that is a state unto itself. Um, I think it should be broken into a bajillion little pieces uh, and or at least should be nationalized and become, I don't know, under the control of the public because it is extremely dangerous. It's extremely um, I mean, just think about the surveillance state we live in. I mean, there's companies like Google built that. Uh, you know, yeah. our cell phones with these Androids, they're, they, Google, Google borrowed that from the Linux community, and they worked on it, and they've contributed back. And they've made these really wonderful um, ARM-based operating systems, which essentially just Linux with a, a Java over it. And it runs great and everything, but... You can't peek under the hood. It's hard to peek under the hood. You can't. It's hard to peek under the hood. Everything's locked down. Uh, there's all these back doors. You know, everybody's relying on these zero days, these hacks and stuff. Google is a horrible, terrifying company, um, just like Microsoft and Apple and uh, the rest of them. I think they're very, very, very dangerous. Um, and they're major players when it comes to um, the secure, national security state and how it's moving, I think we would, most of us would agree, in the wrong direction toward yeah. uh, mistrust and no privacy. Yeah, I, I always think about that. But I also then think about like breaking down Google that's going to come at a cost of innovation at the same time. Like, I feel like Google can only, like, for example, with the leaps of AI, it can only do that because it is Google. But then at the same time, there's also consequences. So I never know, like, you know, what's better, the, the innovation that comes from it or the, the possible terrible future. I don't know. Well, respectfully, uh, I'm, a, I'm an engineer. I disagree with you completely, actually. Um, the government has far more money, far more uh, power, far more reach, and far more ability to organize and do massive, important scientific projects, which is why it's countries that uh, lead the biggest and a lot of the largest and most powerful uh, innovative instruments like the uh, laser interferometers that detect gravity all throughout the world and, um, and all of the satellite systems that have been developed. Almost all of that is coming out come out in some way from the uh, public sphere and was paid for uh, by the people through the military and other means. Um, a good example of this is things like uh, the EpiPen, right? The EpiPen costs an absurd amount of money, like $200. The, uh, the serum itself costs about a dollar to produce. And the injector was developed by the U.S. military. And so we own that technology. I think that having big, huge corporations like Google allows them to accrue and hide technologies and become gatekeepers through their patenting systems. I think that needs to, I think the patent system needs to be opened way up in order to allow technologies to come to the market that are going to be most importantly useful for uh, human flourishing. And right now, uh, you know, I have a, my, again, I, I'm, very, very heavily involved in technology. And I'm telling you, 
that a lot of it is being withheld, hidden behind patents, behind closed doors, and the government has the most power to organize and make that technology available. Um, things are upside down right now, and our government here in the United States uh, is, has basically fused with the corporate state and is no longer uh, responsive to the people. And that's why you're seeing, uh, you know, that's why you're seeing everything crash. That's why you're seeing innovation being stifled at every corner. Um, that's why that's why technologies uh, are are not advancing at the rate we'd like them. We know that we know that companies and private uh, companies hide some of the some technologies, and we just can't allow that. So I think there would be more innovation if we would break them up, open up the patent system, allow uh, you know, and basically we have to to some degree nationalize science. You know, we have to make the, the right now a lot of the journals are all private. Those need to be made public. Why isn't the government is most equipped <laughs> to do that kind of thing? That's, you know, uh, the other thing, like uh, a good example of the government being really equipped to do certain things. And it runs our whole mail system, public school system. We're talking massive bureaucracies and met with huge amounts of people. And they're able to do that and, and coordinate in ways that are really important. I, I, I think it's governments and not private companies that uh, make things happen for the people. So you, I don't know what innovation you're talking about, but I'm telling you right now that there's a huge amount of my work that I cannot release because of all kinds of patent issues and stuff. And I have seen technologies that would be incredibly useful, maybe revolutionary, that are not available because of the way that private companies and our patent system works. So that's, that's my disagree. Well, actually, to be fair, uh, to be honest with you, I think you might've turned me um, because I, I'm more so in a bit, I'm in the business space. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm, I come from a business background. So I have a big interest in technology and entrepreneurship, but I think kind of getting that kind of tech inside, you are right. I mean, if you like, even if you just look at the internet, that's, you know, that was, you know, military first. So, yeah, yeah, you're actually right there. Um, uh, Bank, uh, Mr. Banks, do you have any any comments? Uh, sorry, I was I was away for a bit. I had to go. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's actually a good point. I'd actually never looked at it like that. So wait, how how yeah. come do you, how come you think that? Um, for example, when I when I think of that, like for ex in my perspective, a great example of kind of a good relationship between, I guess, um, corporate and, and government is like what you see in China. And it's somewhat working for them. And I, I guess you kind of point to the idea that, you know, America has moved away from that. Is it just, is it just purely fine from your, from your opinion? Is it just purely financial or like, why is that? Because I feel like it, it would it would be more beneficial to America as a country if um, the government were much more heavily involved in, in the market. Not, not in a way that's kind of, um, you know, like a uh, too invasive or like a dictatorship or anything like that, but to kind of let 
to kind of let the, the I guess the free market just kind of run wild without any regulations. Like like what I was talking about, what I was talking about before. Like there's no one really understands what's going on in any of these tech companies, and like you're saying, everything is is made private. It, to me, it's just always weird as to why they they are still like America is still. Side note: We're not actually from America. We're we're from from the UK, so that's why I'm I'm, I'm asking you from an American perspective: Why, like, why why is that? Like, why why has it gone down that route? Like, from your opinion? So, uh, not an expert on China. Uh, don't know a whole lot about China. From what I can see, from what I read in the news about what's going on in China, is that in China the state. Uh, Will uh, does actually uh, actively control their market as they do here in the United States, and uh, they are, they you know they have capitalism in in some form, but they don't allow capitalism to completely the profit motive and that kind of thing to completely overawe everything, and so you know they allow com- companies like that big real estate company they allow those to fail, um, they. They try, from what I understand, they put billionaires on trial and stuff like that in ways that you just don't see in, here in the United States. But that's not my, I don't really know much about China. I wish the Chinese people well, uh, obviously. But uh, in the United States, uh, I mean, this is going to be upsetting, but I mean, we're the richest country in the world. We have all the resources. We have all the, t- we have a lot of the technology and we have all the military. Uh, the issue is, is that we are, as a people, we're being impoverished. Inequality here is tremendous. 64% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Huge amounts of people are working multiple jobs. Um, black people are treated, black people are, 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 the way they live is just unconscionable. Um, and they've been here for centuries. And uh, the middle class lifestyle is slipping away. A lot of these young people are like on OnlyFans and are hustling and doing everything they can for a buck. So we have the money, but the cor- the corporations have basically captured the state. And so they're not responsive at all to the people. And that in combination with sort of the media apparatus, as well as the creature comforts that are provided to the bought off, uh, the bought off upper echelons of the middle class are used to distract and dissuade people from uh, fighting for more. But what we're seeing in the United States right now is insane. In the last few years alone, we've we've just seen explosions in homelessness. COVID and everything was awful. Um, I had people literally uh, walking door to door in my neighborhood begging for work at one point. And things aren't really turning around. Everything's kind of in this liminal state right now. A huge part of it is is that the student loan crisis is basically on pause. All of those repayments, we haven't been repaying back for years at this point. And they're going to restart them in like the next month or so. So it's really the conditions here are terrible. If you're a young person, it's so difficult to get into the middle class. You have to have a graduate degree or better, basically or else you're working for crap wages and you're not doing salary. So it's, and, and you know, not at, no access to like healthcare and things like that. 
And we, all the while that this is happening, uh, everybody is made to feel that it is their fault. The government is putting up fences and cages around everything. And um, the police are uh, getting more and more funding as the communities struggle. And it's, it's, becoming, a, it's becoming a police state. It's, it's, it's always been highly militarized in my lifetime. But it's, it's to a degree now that it's just out of, out of this world. So why this all happens because of uh, the, the profit motive, it doesn't even matter who's on top. It could be Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk. It really doesn't. All profit goes to the top. That's how capitalism works. And in order to make up for the fact that there have been declining profits, they've been hollowing out uh, the middle class. And so everybody's and, and then poor and working people are just completely uh, disenfranchised, uh, mis- living horrible, miserable lives. That's that's what I see. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think even from like a from a global standpoint, I feel like the like even like growing up, the U.S. was like a, it looked like like I don't even know like Disneyland, like it, it looked it looked it like the, the place to be. But yeah. over time, I don't know, like even the allure, like to even attract, let's say, um, high talent uh, immigrants to the to the country. I don't know. I feel like it's just gonna become tougher. <clears throat> but um, since you touched on Elon Musk. Now, Mr. Banks knows <laughs> how much, I'm not going to say I, how, how much of a critic I am of, of Elon Musk, because I feel like this guy is the greatest oil man, sale, what's it called? what is it called, oil, oil salesman, right? Yeah. Snake oil salesman. Snake oil salesman. Yeah, the, great, the world's biggest con man in my eyes. Like, if you see what he did when he was like, uh, with the, with the, on the Tesla AI day, when you put out the, the Optimus Prime bot, it was a guy in a, a suit. And a lot of the promises that he just hasn't delivered on, just to keep, I, I feel just to keep um, people interested in, oh, Tesla's going to be doing this and that in the future. So, you know, let's invest and keep our, our stake in the company. Uh, I guess from a, te- from a technical perspective with um, the Tesla bot, him saying that, okay, um, by 2024, it, it will arrive and even the semi-truck and 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 stuff like that do you think that those are just fibs those are just lies or do you think there's an actual valid case just from obviously an outside opinion um so the answer is both uh they are both fibs and lies and elon musk is one of the greatest con men in america and they're they're true there are, there are absolutely kernels of truth. They are going to absolutely uh, have self-driving vehicles, especially trucks. Or they want to disenfranchise. The, they, they don't want to have to pay workers. And trucks that self-drive are extremely efficient. They run all the time. They don't have problems. And as the state rolls out 5G, um, you know, that, that, that kind of networking will make that stuff possible. So that is coming. Uh, the time frame, I don't know. The Musk robot, that one's a really interesting one. Um, obviously, I think a lot of that is like lies and PR designed to try to, again, work the media landscape to create perceptions in people's minds that result in outcomes that are good for Elon Musk. 
but but um, the development of of uh, anim like human robots, uh, androids, right, is actually coming along rather far. Um, our AI technologies are actually making it so that you can have whole conversations. Our robotic technologies are allowing it so that you have, along with our materials technology, so you have a face that looks like a face that moves and contorts and has all those sorts of fun. And a lot of this is in the, you know, done in the sex and porn industry. But, you know, that's who's been leading the way in a lot of fancy optics and cameras as well, you know. So, you know, so that sort of is the future. There will be robots that can do the dishes and do chores around the house and things like that, and that you'll be able to have sex with and all that other stuff. That is coming. There's no doubt. And why a helper robot? That doesn't sound crazy at all. So I don't know about 2024. Like I said, I don't believe anything that that guy says, but he is pointing to something real. He is pointing to something that is possible and that a lot of people are working on. And it's the, it's amazing. It's amazing what people have been putting out in just the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I have seen some of the, 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 the advancements in like robotics and, and AI, but unless if Tesla acquires a company that's already been doing it to just say, well, Tesla, the cars are a robot on wheels. So we'll just, I don't know. <laughs> like it just seemed very far fetched. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, Tesla is a hard one. Tesla is a company that uh, doesn't really make that many cars, um, and it's important to people. But I think it's. I think it's at this point. It, it seems like it's so fused. Uh, with the state that it is too big to fail. Um, so I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, this, this crash is this, we're in the middle of a slow crash in the United States. Um, economists like Michael Hudson have been predicting this for years and we appear to be on that slide. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what happens to Tesla. It seems like a, uh, it seems like a company that does produce some really interesting and useful technologies. It seems like a terrible place to work. Um, it does fluctuate really rapidly with the media ecosystem, which makes it really unstable, but also makes it profitable for people. Um, and most importantly, what Elon Musk does for Americans and for the world is as imperfect as it is, he provides a vision of the future. In a world where everybody thinks the future is going to be total crap and we're all doomed, Elon Musk says, no, you'll have a, you'll still have to go to work. You'll still be overworked and underpaid. But, you know, you can, you can have these cryptocurrencies and you can do anonymous transactions and you could do, you can have this robot that does this and your car will drive for you. You can live on Mars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one is that one that one is easily his like most outrageous claim. But we'll see. I don't know. Um that I would not buy a Tesla if I was you. Uh I would not personally do it. Uh I have seen their record, I've seen the problems with their software and stuff. They're a technology that is still in development and it's not quite there. And uh in the worst case scenarios, uh, they lock you inside, and the car catches on fire. So, Jesus uh, Christ! Oh wow! 
that's why I don't. That's why I'm not a big Tesla guy. Plus, we're seeing. I, I believe it was this year. I don't know. There's. They, this comes out from time to time, but I saw a um, like a solid state hydrogen technology that looked really promising. Uh, and Tesla did roll out supposedly rolled out graphene batteries, but I didn't get to look into it. I heard that it was. It, it might be kind of a. It, it might be like a media hit more than what they're actually like graphene batteries, but. You know, we'll see. I don't know. Tesla gives us some to look for into the future because the government ain't doing anything. Uh, so Banks, well, what do you what do you think? Uh, in, in like about Elon Musk. Yeah, about about Elon Musk. I guess his uh, yeah. What 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 is your stance on Musk on 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 Tesla, um, SpaceX, I, I, I and his ventures? I'm I'm not really a fan of Tesla, but I'm a fan of SpaceX. I guess I think that's uh that's why that's what I like. That's the only thing from Elon Musk I like actually. Okay, what is it? Yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna ask if the the how do you feel about like uh, Jeff Bezos and his Blue Origin? Or I think oh, that I, would go up to. The, the, I feel like that's a complete failure. I don't know. For, in my opinion, that's a that's a complete failure. Oh, uh, how so? I don't know. Like, I feel like they've just all made it into a competition. Him and Richard Branson, and I don't know. Like, but I feel like it's not at the same level as a SpaceX. And I, I don't. I don't know how long it's going to take to get there. But right, right technology-wise, yeah. Like, or, or even doing what SpaceX is doing, like regularly supplying, like sending supplies to to the to the International Space Station and stuff like that, and doing missions. I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't know if they've actually right. done any missions so far. Actually, they're just sending yeah. people up into space for space tourism, right? Is that the whole point of Blue Origin? Just like for space tourism? That's yeah. That from what my from what I have understand, that's a major part of it. Obviously, it is a, a key way to develop these uh, like technologies and autonomous things, stuff like that. But from what I understand, it's like the ship is like. It's like an automated system. You get in it, it like takes you up to the edge of the atmosphere, and then you get to experience like weightlessness, right? The sensation of zero gravity, and then it brings you back down safely. That's basically what it does. It's not like it doesn't like yeah, you're right. Tesla like they, those they 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 do they do business like they they move yeah. shuttle crap up up into space and they release satellites and things like. But how much do you think you can actually can they actually charge for for space tourism? Like, wouldn't that be super expensive? Well, yeah, yeah, first. but I mean, it's well, yeah, first yeah but expensive. it's it's, it's, it's always I, I I I don't know I don't know uh, unless we develop a new energy technology I don't see it getting uh, that much cheaper that faster. I mean, you can still you can go up in a mid. And you could experience like the edge of the atmosphere and stuff like that, um, or you go up in an air balloon. So I, I I don't know. It's it's rich people playing with money. I think Jeff Bezos just has a lot of money, and like you said, got with Richard Branson and said, "Oh, look what Elon's doing. Let's do that." Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So, you know we because I feel like at least with Blue Origin and um and Virgin. I can respect that the fact that they're focusing on space tourism. I can even like, 
I understand that Elon Musk is selling this idea of the future, but to sell people the idea of like you can create a civilization on Mars and he as said if self, it's some self-sufficient. He said self-sufficient. <laughs> a self-sufficient civilization on Mars and make it seem like it's something that's possible anytime in the near future. I feel like that's it's very misleading, especially when you know that it, it only profits Elon Musk. It only profits SpaceX as a as a private company. Like imagine when SpaceX goes public. Imagine the the, the, the um share price. It's gonna be crazy. Because this guy's been promising us that we're gonna go to Mars through SpaceX, right? I feel I feel like maybe if he said, All right, cool, let's let's do this on the moon. But I I I, I much res- I'm I respect Bezos and Branson's, uh, uh, I guess, um, ambitions more because at they're least you humble? can. Is that, is that not why? more humble? Like they're, they're actually realistic. Like you can you can say okay, that's you know ambitious, but it's realistic and you can buy into it. I don't feel like I'm being bamboozled. Well, I think I I think a lot of what Elon Musk says is about. Uh, Elon Musk and his personal ego and gratification and sort of being the the figure that everybody looks at and Oz and I you know I I see Jeff Bezos and uh, Branson as again just being these like filthy rich guys who are just kind of I don't know they're just kind of playing with the spoils of you know their companies like I, I I don't know the space tourism is great for celebrities and whatever I think Pete Davidson's going up or something. Um, you know, they sent a, they sent, they sent like a, a Hispanic woman or something up, a Mexican woman as well. So they're trying to get a lot of PR. They sent up William Shatner. Holy crap. And, you know, he was crying and Jeff Bezos was interrupting him. And it was ridiculous. Ridiculous. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I agree. I, 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 I kind of, I kind of disagree and I kind of agree. I guess I disagree in that. I think that. Uh, Jeff Bezos and Branson are more just like cold businessmen, whereas Elon Musk really is trying to embody this this sort of larger than life uh, image that he's cultivated through his snake oil sales and various grifts and successes in his career. Hmm. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's interesting because. I... I feel like he's much more colder than than than, than the other two. Just because, like I don't know, I, the the moment that I got really put off was when he made when 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 he went on SNL and tried to prop up Dogecoin and he was propping up Dogecoin when you know damn well that he probably owns a ridiculous amount of Dogecoin. He's gonna pump and dump that. He did the same thing with Bitcoin, and the like. I I I've met people who have like you know waitress jobs saying that, you know, they invested in Dogecoin more because Elon. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I feel like he said some much more, de- uh, like a dangerous, um, he's way more da- dangerous in my opinion. I'd rather have a, a, a just a ruthless businessman than someone who is selling these ideas and dreams to people who don't really have the money. Well, well, they're, they're to be fair, they're all, they're all bad. Bezos, Branson. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, they're they're they're, they're, they're all bad. I, I the, the people falling for the so the, the, so I I was around when block technology blockchain technology was being developed. I was 
into it. I was interested. I remember it was at a lot of the hacking conferences and stuff. And it got tied to cryptocurrency then thereafter. Um, the blockchain was a big deal. And so in its early heyday, you know, we would buy Bitcoin online. We'd buy it by the tens, man. And, and we would use it uh, for anonymous transactions online. As soon as everybody started speculating in it, it became apparent to anybody with critical thinking skills that was paying attention that it was a speculative asset similar to a security, um, very similar to what happened in the 1920s, which resulted in the Great Depression, a bunch of wars. Uh, so, like, I, wa I we all watched Bitcoin climb, and I do think that um, there was a lot of people like me who have conscience who stayed out of it. And then there were a lot of people who were desperate who got into it. Those people in the beginning made all the money. And then this in this recent years with all this hype crap around it, and then transitioning to NFTs. Any, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like a big part of this issue is that people are not using their think, critical thinking skills. If somebody online is telling you over and 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 over to spend money on something <laughs> and something that a lot of people don't understand very well and that when you do talk to people that understand it, uh, give you, uh, you know, tell you the story you don't want to hear that uh, it's essentially a, a, a giant Ponzi scheme that allows the people who get out at the right time to get away with all the money and uh, everything else is hype and it's all based on speculation. I don't, it's, we shouldn't, nobody should have believed it. Um, and they were tricking people. They had clever, they had clever things. They were telling people with the NFTs that this is how artists can make money off their art, but it was all part of a big speculation scheme. And now we're, I think there's a tr 1.4 trillion wiped out from the market or something now. And, People are screwed. But, you know, the whole thing with the stock market, when you do invest, you should invest only if you go in thinking that uh, you can be more clever than at least half the people there, because it is a uh, zero sum game. If you lose money, somebody else gets it. If you get money, it's because somebody else is losing, essentially, at this point. Um, I don't, I, yeah. everything with the fine. Finances are so abstracted uh, away that you don't understand it. You should not get involved. I, I bought a little bit of Dogecoin and I made a I made a good amount of money off of it. But again, I felt terrible about it, and it was all because again I saw this Elon Musk guy and what he was doing, and I I made a financial gamble. So so I don't know. So the crypto worked out for a lot of people. It really did. It made a lot of people millionaires. Yeah, um, that's true. And it hurt a bunch of poor, poor people and latecomers. So I, 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 I don't. That wasn't just Elon Musk. It was everyone and everything. It was all. It was total saturation here in the U.S., especially if you're a young man. Yeah, that, that's true. Especially you, during you, the pandemic, is yeah. I, did you guys buy a bunch of crypto? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I bought uh, I I bought Dogecoin as well, but when it was like really early, and uh, and Bitcoin, and that's really it for me. 
Yeah, I, I didn't actually invest in, in any crypto. I kind of stayed away from that. Yeah, well, from what, I, from what I've read and from what I've looked into, good investment advice is like investing in, in funds across the market. You don't need a, anybody to manage your money. Um, there are traders and stuff who, who have games with like their pets where the cat will pick the stocks to trade that year and the cat usually is outperforming. Uh, they're like, they're very carefully managed and trade. <laughs> so, so I mean, if you want to, and if you want to learn how to invest, you know, you should, you should, I would go to like a university or call like a, or email a university professor that uh, teaches economics and finance and ask him what book he would recommend yeah. or she would recommend. Because that is, um, I mean, that's that's how you get information. Is by the best way is with a book. The internet is, at this point, is virtually unusable uh, for a lot of information gathering unless you have certain skills. Yeah. It, universities are public here in the states, and those people you were paying their salaries. And people treat them like they're gods or something just because they have doctor or professor before their name. But I would encourage all my fellow Americans to, if you need help with something, bother the, bother, you know, email up your university professor or something like that. Especially if it's a quick, easy question. Usually they'll, and you're polite, usually they'll get back to you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of stayed clear away from that thing, just because, like you said, I, I didn't fully understand I didn't fully understand it, and I, I knew I wasn't early to it as well. So I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. What, what about um? What about the GameStop stuff during uh, uh the lockdown? Uh, that the was GameStop. Legendary. Yeah, that yeah. that was <laughs> that was something else. It was. I mean, it's a bunch of pissed off people who coordinated online when they found out that some big fish were trying to short GameStop and basically bought it up. The problem is, is I don't know. I, whoever again, the, the problem is, is that again, it's a, it's a zero sum game. So you have to pull, you have to pull the money out of there for it to actually be useful. Um, and so I, I don't know what actually the end of GameStop was. Um, I just see it and laugh. I mean, and I, I, you know, my heart goes out to the people who tried to screw those those uh, big those big fish over, but. Um, I I don't know what the long term gain from it was. I mean, for some people, it got rich. I guess. Yeah, I hope I hope you not. Guys, many, you, you not too many people uh like actually hold hold on to that, but to be honest, because that would have been a bad mistake. Definitely. Yeah, well, you hear the horror <laughs> stories online. You hear the you hear about the you know the girlfriends begging their boyfriend to sell and just like big fights and crazy stuff. Money does weird stuff to people, especially when you start playing with it in volumes. And you don't have yeah. a lot of it. That's... Yeah, I, was, I actually saw a lot of... Um, I wonder why, why it was actually a lot of men, like, like you just said before. Because I did see a lot of... Uh, I saw one story about someone that like invested their whole life savings into like crypto. I can't remember what, what, it was, what crypto it was, but it was during the pandemic especially. But I, I do wonder why yeah. a, a lot of men fell for that, like uh, went... Well, resorted to that i have i i i i think that the 
conditions are bad and people want to be rich and they don't they want to do it quick and easy and i think they start to you know put like almost like religious faith in things and crypto did for a while you know live up to its promises for people that invested they made money and it was like it was literally just like doubling it it, doubling it and tripling it and quadrupling it in certain points like it was there was so much money on the table and i don't know what the future of the crypto is or anything another good investing tip is to diversify your assets do not put everything in one to one thing yeah yeah, and this is yeah. this is not financial advice. I'm saying, think for yourself. But these are the basic like, like rules of thumb. Diversify your bond. Yeah, I, I do you guys a, have investments. Uh, you know, other I'm than like, crypto. No, not right now. Not for me. Yeah, not really. Not any major investments. I just put like a. It's not. I've got these uh, I've got it's an not... app that has like different like what are they called like funds. So I just put like like money like on this that I have on the side into like these different funds, but not like major major investments now. Yeah, not a lot of people do that. Most people don't have a lot of money to put into investments. Um, yeah. But if you're strategic about it, especially in the U.S. and you're forward looking and everything, and you make the right gamble, you can make money. I don't know. A lot of people, there's a lot of investment advice on YouTube. And I think a lot of it is, again, people using their platforms to shape the media landscape to get outcomes that are desirable for them. Um, so everybody is, a, and in a way, everybody is sort of being Elon Musk, you know? But normal yeah, people, that's... normal people do not invest like at, with, with the, the zeal that crypto was at. That was a sh- totally just like a huge overhyped level. Yeah, and, and most investment doesn't don't doesn't lead to um you know major financial gain, right? Unless unless if you're um what was it called? Nancy Pelosi? Is that right? <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Where <is> she <laughs> how how she got uh, away with this to this yeah. day, I have no idea. That's that's a that's a conversation in for charge. another day. She what? She is in charge. She's in charge. She's Speaker of the House. She's third in line to the presidency. Uh, nobody's going to touch her. She's the she's one of the highest ranking officials in the Democratic Party. Um, so, I mean, what that's crazy. But they, well, they took down that Twitter account that was tracking her um, because and they were all people were making trades based off of her. And I believe maybe it was her husband's <laughs> trades. And they, they were they were getting like nine percent gains and crazy shit like that. Jesus. Oh wow. And, wow. and yeah. do you and you remember with Zoom? Do you remember what right when the pandemic hit? Uh we had uh there was a big meeting with a bunch of senators. Uh what's her name? Loffler, I think. Anyway, uh, this one woman and a bunch of other people, they immediately got out and made a bunch of trades into like Zoom and these other uh companies that are critical for telecommunications in a world that is pandemicified and it was totally legal. They, I, I, from, I don't remember, I think something, I think they did like, they made an example out of Loeffler. I don't remember what they did to her. I don't remember it being extreme, 
And then I think they basically hands off for everybody else. But it was crazy. And then and then Nancy Pelosi got asked um, on the podium, like, you know, what are we? Are you corrupt? I don't remember how it was phrased, but she was asked about corruption and trading. And uh, she took offense. She took like personal offense and everything. But since then, it's been slowly acquiescing. They might actually put limits on trading for Congress people. The, the thing is, is it probably won't have any real teeth. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll use insider information in other ways and still make plenty of money. Because mm. that's what people believe, and they're right to kind of think that because there's such lack of faith in the elites, especially, especially Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, were you going to say something? Um, no, no, it's okay. I was just, but actually, yeah, I guess I was just going to ask. Yeah. I was just going to ask to remind me again, what country you guys are from Britain, right? Yeah. yeah Britain, the UK. England, yeah. Yeah. Is I, you guys, you guys have like a, a functioning healthcare system. Uh, we don't. <laughs> yeah. We have what a functioning healthcare that? system. It, to be honest with you, it's a bit wild to me, but I, I, I just feel like, um, to be fair, our healthcare system isn't isn't that great. We've we've got um the conservatives in power, which is like the the um equivalent to the Republican Party. And they're basically trying to they've basically made our healthcare system kind of weaker. So it's 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 there, but it's like it's hard to get an appointment, it's it's not the most efficient. Yeah. Um overstaffed. Over, overcrowded. Oh yeah, not overstaffed. Understaffed, over overcrowded, underfunded. But but yeah, it's, I, I mean, from it's always crazy to me that the U.S. Uh, doesn't have, uh, you know, a public healthcare system. But I guess that that's just part of the the, the culture, like like uh, the differences in culture, like even like the idea that like I was watching today, um, was it was it Ohio? They try to pass a bill to like arm like teachers with 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 guns. <laughs> Which was wild to me because it's like, well, what? Why don't you just like, you know, pass a bill to, you know, stop the use of assault rifles? Like they're not willing to do that, but they're willing to, you know, staff <laughs> put more guns into schools. It's it's crazy to me. The, the oh, those are all culture war issues here. So people get really, really, really into big fights about it. Um. But from uh, just to kind of go back a little bit, uh, I so from my understanding was is that Boris Johnson was trying to hurt and damage uh, the healthcare system at one point, like threatening to sell it off or like put it at least in negotiations with the United yeah. States. But ultimately, there was he didn't he had insufficient support to do it, um, from what I understand, and so. Do you does is that is that is am I right to think think about that optimistically that you know the people of the UK really do uh, love and appreciate their healthcare their national healthcare system and are trying oh yeah uh, oh yeah definitely a hundred percent like that's that's one thing that's one of those things that you can't really move or mess around with is is the NH the national healthcare system so. Well, the National Healthcare Service, but um, he 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 did. There was like 
um, he ne- I don't think he ever publicly said it, but there was kind of like rumors that he, he had plans of kind of selling it off or, or privatizing it. Um, but I guess because he, there was no way he was ever going to get support for that, he kind of did the opposite, which is kind of, you know, underfunded and really put it under a lot of um, constraints. Yeah. Well, is he, how's it looking for um, the, the future of the British government? Because in the United States, you know, we have some national, nationalized systems that are extremely, they're like the jewels of our society and have been extremely powerful and potent. Uh, you know, our like library system, our public school system, our mail system, which also used to facilitate banking. Um, and those have all been crushed by extended extended periods of defunding as well as uh, in the periods, uh, uh, no uh, remediation of previous uh, damage done by other administrations. And so we're watching these sorts of things fall apart. If you're telling me it's, uh, you know, the conservatives are in power, do they stand to hold that power long enough to really mm. cripple it? And is will there be... Um, of a response by a future less conservative government to fund properly the, the healthcare system? Yeah, the, 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 the conservatives aren't going to be in power next <laughs> next elections. There's just no way. Uh, Boris has got way too many scandals and way too many... He's got a terrible reputation right now. I mean, his his polls are... Um, I don't know if you know, there was like a... His own party did a vote of no confidence against him. He, he just, he, he, I think he won by like, he won, yeah. By like 62% or something like that. So, um, yeah, the Conservative Party are not going to be in power next election, and which means it's probably going to be um, a coalition, a joint of two parties, or it's going to be Labour, which is like the Democrats here. Um, and if that's the case, then yeah, we are, uh, there is going to, they are going to, um, you know, uh, go back to kind of, actually giving funding to to the NHS and all other kind of public um, uh, nationalized uh, uh, services. So that, that's good, yeah, because the conservatives, um, <laughs> it's been terrible. I mean, from all of the, they were like um, during the pandemic uh, at number 10, there was like so many parties that were thrown there with, you know, all these um, leaked pictures and uh, police police investigations showing, you know, Boris Johnson was at the parties. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and he, he uh, denied he it multiple times. It was his times. official duty to be there, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and between that and Brexit, like, uh, things are pretty bad here as well. They're, they're calling it a cost of living crisis. But I, I don't know if that's accurate. Like, energy is crazy up, like, the price for energy, how much, uh, Mr. Bay, Mr. Bay, how much is it? How much is any like energy prices gone up by? Is it like over double now? Yeah, it, it's probably over double now. Like, like before, I remember, um, my mom was telling me that she had to pay like 400 a month now for, for electricity. Like, before yeah. it was like 100, around 100 a month or something. Whoa, wow, yeah, <laughs> yo, that's crazy, yeah, yeah so. Energy prices have gone through the roof because of Brexit and obviously the the war in Russia and Ukraine. But like, there's been a lot of issues with mainly Brexit. Um, you know, 
some of the stores, you go into some of the stores, there isn't the, 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 the shelves aren't as stacked as they used to be. There's um, uh, issues with a lot of the goods coming into coming in through Northern Ireland because um, they have to get checked because of um, Northern no because of Ireland is still within the EU. So there's a lot of issues with Brexit, and obviously this was jo- uh, bon- Boris Johnson's plan. So yeah, I, I don't I don't even know if we're gonna always be out of Brexit. I, I do see ourselves going back into the EU because being out of Brexit doesn't make being out of the EU doesn't make any sense. I have never heard that before. No one has ever said I think we're Britain or the UK is going back into the EU. Why? Oh really? What is that? Is that is that alive? Is that possible? That that I've never heard that. I mean, it's possible. Um, it will be a, a re-referendum. Um, maybe when Labour gets into power, um, you know, then the, they'll do the re- re-referendum. But uh, yeah, a lot of people are against. In fact, Brexit. Um, there's actually a huge risk. So, um, Scotland is also now pushing, you know, independence. So, so um, because Scotland actually wanted, the, the vote within Scotland wanted to remain within the EU. Yeah, I so remember So it, it might be a divided UK and a lot of the people within the EU, or actually uh, in, the EU, in the UK, a lot of the people within the UK um, feel like, of course, a lot of the, the promises that w- were sold to them from, the idea of Brexit were lies. Yeah, they were lies. So there is a lot of talk so, about so like they, a, a re-referendum. Will they? So will will they? Like when? When are the uh, the new elections for the prime minister? In about I, I, two years. Okay. In about so two in years. In two time. years, are they going to be running? Are, are you? Are you? Are these coalitions uh, that are trying to take power going to be running on a re-referendum? for a possible exit from Brexit? I doubt it. That'll be wild. I doubt it. No, I, I, I doubt don't think it, so. Yeah, yeah I that, that won't it. happen. <laughs> yeah, I doubt it. I don't think they're going to do that because that, that would just divide the country all over again. But I, but I just mean as in... Uh, it, I, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. Like, A, prices are up the roof. And B people, I think as as we kind of settle more and more into Brexit, people are realizing that you know this is kind of it. Because <laughs> before, I think they were kind of selling the idea of well, we're kind of you know in negotiation. This is a, a transitory period or whatever. But I don't think people are kind of buying into that anymore. So I, I just feel like within time we have to, like we will have to we will have to join the EU again. Or at least join the single market. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I. I mean, yeah. That, I'll be watching from here. I gotta say the, the fact that like uh, the scandal over there is that like, you know, Boris Johnson is the the, the king of parties or whatever, is <laughs> is, is cute and quaint because over here our president uh, Joe Biden, uh, they they're calling him the. Uh, they're calling him the starver in chief. They called Obama the Jesus. the deporter in chief. They deported so many people and put up those kid cages and stuff. And they are calling Biden now the starver in chief. They think they they spent more sending money to Ukraine than they have um, to arm them and stuff. 
than they have on Afghanistan for that whole 20 year venture we just pulled out. And wait, is that, is that real? I don't know. Yeah. And then our, uh, yeah. And then our, uh, our president literally, I'm sorry. It's, it's, I, I don't know if I, I don't know why I have to say sorry, but the guy appears to be, uh, suffering from neurodegenerative disease. He does. Yeah. He does. Can't get his facts straight. Can't get his words straight. It's terrifying. That's the guy in charge. And, you know, obviously he's a, uh, a figurehead, but he is very much, he's a puppet in a way that is really like literal and scary. <laughs> so I wish yeah. we had, I wish it was just parties. Yeah. I don't know why the Democrats went with Biden. Like for, from your perspective, I, I think this will probably be the, the last question, but uh, from your perspective, like what, like, I don't know, how does America get back to, I guess, uh, <laughs> normalcy or like, a, you know, like a, an actual leader that is capable and that is like um, a centrist rather than, because I feel like now from Biden is going to go probably far right Republican. I, I, I don't know. I don't know much about U.S. politics, but I, I see that. Uh, is it Ron DeSantis is, is quite popular? Um, then there's rumors of him running. I don't know if that's true. Um, but yeah, like, how does America get back to just normalcy and kind of being, you know, a leader that's a centrist rather than extreme? Um, well, I mean, how do we get back to normalcy? Well, to very quickly, just to start, the big, the, the reason we got Biden fundamentally is because a huge amount of it had to do with the fact that the pandemic happened and the government suddenly was responsible for people. And that kind of became a big deal and was important. But the other reason is just because people really were just fed up with Trump. They had no ask. They, they didn't want anything. What they wanted to change in their lives materially was to stop hearing about and seeing Donald Trump on everything and everything and everywhere. He's was living in everybody's head rent free. And so um, we got Biden. I mean, Bernie Sanders was a uh, total, uh, if you were paying attention to what uh, intellectuals like Chris Hedges were saying, even at the time, I mean, he was clearly folding a, a huge amount of the young people that were, you know, ready to vote for a candidate like him, folding them back into the democratic party. He did that twice. And, you know, at this point, at this point, it's going to swing right. If Donald Trump wins, he'll he'll very likely or runs, he'll very likely win. Ron DeSantis. Wow. Ron DeSantis is wow. He's doing he's dabbing on him. Then he's doing really good uh, in the U.S. He's very popular in Florida. Even the liberals like don't really speak that poorly of him because I do get the sense that. People appreciate being able to make their own decisions about masking and things like that. And he has sort of been leading the way. Um, uh, he's a scoundrel, but that's it. I don't know if Trump dies. It could very well be DeSantis. I don't think I think Trump will rip into DeSantis, but I don't know. DeSantis has been playing with fire. As far as the to answer your question, how do we get back to being like a less extreme country? Uh, my perspective on that is that people should, within the United States, we need to uh, build community and provide a level of like care and attachment for our fellow uh, countrymen and human beings. 
in order to, uh, you know, in order to be able to work from some sort of base. So uh, my theory is the community is the base from which you can work. And so the, we need to have a community because everybody is at the moment is so atomized and isolated. They're living within their own walls and in many ways are pursuing antisocial and destructive behaviors. And uh, I think what it is, is a lot of people are really become, become frightened of other people, um, scared of everything they say and do, scared they might be gentle, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's really, it's really intense over here. Um, I do, I, I do, my heart rings true with the, those that are advocating for uh, mutual aid engagement, uh, organizing within uh, institutions that exist, like the Green Party and the various uh, churches and other religious organizations that exist, forming new communities, forming neighborhood communities. Um, you know, our neighborhood has a Facebook, but it would be, you know, maybe we should be putting on like a biannual block party or something just so people literally can get out there, see each other, get to know each other and not be so scared of each other. Um, even with our own neighborhood, there's a lot of um, passive aggressive sort of behavior and things happen and it's it, people are just far apart. So that's what America needs. America needs whole community. They need love. Um, from each other, and they need to uh, fundamentally uh, uplift all of the poor and working people. And we have to do something about uh, homelessness and uh, and starvation. All these not starvation, but hunger that is pervasive all throughout. That's what we got to do. It's a long road to hope. Yeah, and I can imagine like Trump and the pandemic. Probably worse than that by by a lot. Yeah, yeah, Trump, he would have won. He would have won. He would have won if it hadn't been for the pandemic. He absolutely would have won. The economy was coming along. He was he was dabbing on him. He was he was there. He was more coherent than Biden. There's no way, in my opinion, Trump would have won. Here, where yeah. I was, Trump would have won. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so as well. But yeah, uh, Julio. Thank you for calling in. Thank you, John, and thank you, B, for having me. I apologize for being uh, loquacious or talkative, but I, I really did uh, enjoy the conversation. No, yeah, it was yeah, a no, good conversation. It was, it was a great conversation, yeah. Uh, I learned a lot. All right. Well, uh, it's a small room, so I'll say goodbye to Taryn and Charlie. Peace. All right. See you later. All right, this has been the No Facts pod with more facts than usual. <laughs> but yeah, no, this has been great. Thank you for everyone who listened, even though it's a small room. We'll catch you guys later. Yeah, goodbye.